Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. Well, very excited to continue on with this series. The next two weeks of this, I believe, will be absolutely life-changing for a number of you. Um, anytime we're in the middle of a series like this, there are certain things that will be uh, rudimentary or normal. There will uh, be other things that are a little less uh, normal or things that maybe some people haven't heard before. Um, but So we want to bring new information and, and challenge and inspire you, but we also want to make sure that we connect to some of the basics. It's good to hear things uh, that we've heard before, oftentimes we need to hear them again, right? So I'm going to jump into something today in the middle of this series, What's Next? And I want to talk to you specifically about the name of Jesus. I want to start with a story, and a story I was probably in second grade, and I decided that I wanted to change my name. Have you ever wanted to change your name? Uh, I decided that my middle name sounded much more intelligent, than my first name, Joel. My middle name, I used to tell people the N stood for none your business, uh, but I'll go ahead and tell you today, it's Nathaniel. And I actually like the name, and, and it sounded to me very smart. Like Joel was Joel, but Nathaniel sounded intelligent. And so second grade, I remember telling my teachers, probably the maybe third or fourth day of school, I said, you know what, this year I, I decided I'm gonna go by Nathaniel this year. She's like, okay, if that's what you like. And so she handed out our assignment papers, and I started for the first time to write Nathaniel over and over. And by the third assignment, I had four letters for Joel, nine letters for Nathaniel, and by lunch, I was Joel again, right? I mean, that's just the, that's just the reality of, of how that went. But names are important. Your name is important. Your name is what you are called, and it has a meaning. It's important that we know the meaning and understand the meaning of our name and because the n- names make a difference. When you say, hi, I'm, you're literally making a statement about who you are. Anytime you introduce yourself, when you speak over your children, when you're angry at your children and you use all four of their names, some of you, it's like Rosita, Chiquita, Alonso, Chihuahua, Rodriguez, Gonzalez, get over here right now. Just kidding. I knew that when my mom used Joel Nathaniel Scrivener, it was serious business when the middle name came out, right? And so my parents were very, and by the way, my parents are here at Oaks Church for the very first time sitting on the front row. Down from Oklahoma. And uh, wonderful to have them here with us. You have them to blame. <laughs> Actually, no, they, are, they were wonderful parents, and I was just a little bit of a nut bar uh, growing up. But um, they named me specifically. It had a meaning. Joel means declarer of God. They called me a declarer of God my whole life. And look what I do today. My middle name, Nathaniel, means gift of God, and that's what I told Jennifer when I met her. And my last name, Scrivener, means scribe or a documenter. And when you look at the actual uh, historical use of the word, it was a professional theologian or a professional religious person. And here I am today declaring God, 
and the gift of God in specifically working in an industry that would be seen as a scribe in ancient days. So what I was called my whole life, I became. And it's important, parents, please, when you name your children, please think it through. And don't name your kids something. You don't want to name a, them a name that in another language means hell child demon spawn or something like that, right? That's not the direction you want to speak over your kid every single day. But it's important that you should look it up and know what your name means, know some of the history of it. But it's also important that you would look and find out the spiritual connotation because there are certain names that you may not understand by just looking at the literal definition, but it may have a spiritual connotation that can really help you understand a little bit about your character and why you are who you are. When we named Sydney, her name comes from, uh, it's a reference to St. Denis, who was the first patron saint of France. And Denis means happy. And saint would mean holy. So we told her her whole life. Anytime she was acting unholy or unhappy, we're like, you're not living up to your name. Sydney means holy and happy. She didn't like hearing that. But that's our declaration over her life. Right? Important that you understand that. But the most important thing that you hear and know and understand today is that you have been given another name to use. It's the name of Jesus. Now, the word name, the actual word name, literally means character and authority. Character and authority. That's why it's important when you name something or name things, you take into consideration what you're calling it because there's power in your mouth. The Bible says that the power of life and death are in your tongue. We know that, correct? The power of life and death are in your tongue. You have the ability to create with your words. Why? Because you were made in God's image and God creates with his words. He didn't just think, let there be light. He spoke it. He didn't just think, I think I'll make a rhinoceros. He spoke it into existence. Everything God does, he does through speaking. And you were made in his image. And you create through speaking as well. Have you ever come home and created a very bad atmosphere by what came out of your mouth? I have. I've walked into rooms said the wrong thing at the wrong time and watched the whole atmosphere change. It's important that we recognize the power of the words inside of our lives. Have you ever known someone that could not get over the wound of a parent that spoke hurtful things over them 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and those words from a father or a mother echo in their brain for decades? Your words are powerful. Character and authority. But the name that we've been given, this name of Jesus, what does it mean? Today, as we talk about this, I want to talk to you specifically about wielding the name of Jesus, wielding the power that is inside of the name of Jesus. Now, I want to take a second and talk to you a little bit about Jewish custom, because in the, in the ancient scrolls or in the Old Testament, there were a number of different names of God. But in Jewish tradition, the names of God were so holy that they were never to be uttered unless you were praying a prayer or discussing or studying scripture. They were only to be used. So there's a commandment uh, inside the Ten Commandments that says thou shalt not 
take the Lord's name in vain. We've probably heard that before and thought that it referenced uh, stubbing your toe and saying, God, not bless this or uh, getting scared and yelling Jesus when you're scared. And I want you to understand that although uh, there are certain ways that I wouldn't recommend you use the name, that's not what that passage talks about. That's not actually what it's referencing. It's actually referencing to take upon yourself the name, which means character and authority, to take upon yourself the character and authority of God, and the word vain means falsely, to take upon yourself the name and the authority, the character, the reputation, the righteousness, and the power of God, to take that upon yourself falsely, having no intention to actually live for him or be in communion or unity with him. I was watching a show the other day, and in the show there was a character who was in the diamond business in New York, and so he pretended to be a Jew because he thought it was good for business. Makes sense, right? To some. But the whole deal was he wasn't Jewish at all. But he had the long curly things, and he wore the hat, and he acted, and he talked, and he had the accent. That's taking the name of the Lord upon yourself falsely. It's a fake ID. I don't know if anybody ever had a fake ID growing up. I, I know a guy who had one. This guy, not me, this other guy had a friend that was older named Jody and Jody lost his license and got a new one, but then he found his old license and then this other guy, not me, found this other license and at certain times would use it to do certain things that a 16-year-old wasn't allowed to do. Now, the name was different. The eye color is different. The height was different. The weight was different. The face was different. But somehow, this guy I knew was able to get in places and buy things because he had a fake ID. I'm not talking to you about a fake ID today. I'm talking about a real identity that you have been given through faith in the name of Jesus. See, Jesus, that name was not known in the Old Testament. Uh, even to this day, I don't know if you have any Jewish friends or you've seen them in writing, when they write the word God, many Jews leave out the O. They write G-D. If they're speaking to one another in Hebrew and they're referring to God, they say Hashem, which means the name, because they consider the names of God so holy that they don't want to ever misuse them. But we have been given this name, a name that they didn't know, a name that was new to them, but a name that has incredible meaning. I'm going to read you a couple of different verses. This first one comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, at the mention of that name, 
every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name you have been given is the most powerful name in all existence. It's a name that causes every knee to bow and every tongue to confess. No one will escape the name of Jesus in the end. And what they do with that name and the faith they place in that name will determine where they spend eternity. It's the name above all names. Let me tell you some good, good news. The name of Jesus is above the name cancer. It's above the name poverty. It's it's above the name racism. It's above every problem inside of our modern society today, the name of Jesus. It has authority over every situation that you will ever face, everything you will ever come in touch with, the name of Jesus is above it. Come on, I've been in some scary situations in my life. I've been in some intimidating situations in my life that there have been names mentioned of diseases or names mentioned of conditions that scared me, but they don't scare him. Watch this, John chapter 14. Jesus is giving us his name. Verse 12, most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father and whatever you ask, watch, in my name, that I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What an amazing declaration that Jesus says here in John chapter 14. Anything you ask the Father in my name, he'll do because it brings glory to him and glory to me. Watch what he goes on to say in John 16. This is all part of the same dialogue. And in that day, watch, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. And ask now, and you will receive, watch this, that your joy may be full. Look at the motive of Jesus giving you his name. That your joy may be full. Now, I want to address this for a second because in the name of Jesus, this phrase, in the name of Jesus, it's not magical words. It's not abracadabra. It's not bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, shazam. It's no magic in it, but there's power in it. It's not saying, saying something and praying something and just throwing in the name of Jesus at the end of it doesn't necessarily make it more powerful than if you left it off. Because it's not magic. It's not automatic. It's not an incantation. It's a revelation. It's an understanding of who you are and what you carry and the character and the authority of him who gave you access to it. 
Now, now I want you to point something else out too. Is that in this passage I just read to you, not only are you given his name, but you're given direct access to the Father. Jesus literally said, from now on, you're not going to ask me anything. You're not going to come to me and pray to me. I'm not giving you, you've had access to me. I'm giving you access that has never before been granted. I'm giving you access directly to my Father in heaven, that you can go boldly to the throne of grace. And when you go in there, you don't go in there in your name. You go in there in my name. Watch. It's not in your character that you have access to the Father. It's not in your goodness. It's not in your power. It's not in your righteousness. It's not in your reputation that you have access to the Father. It's according to the name, the character, and the authority of Jesus Christ himself. Your name is not good enough. Your righteousness is not good enough. He gave you his. See, I have, I want to show you something that I have in my pocket. This is my American Express card. Uh, it's a platinum card that I got for my business. And it has my name on it. And it's got my numbers on the back. And a special little code to authorize things. And it's attached to my credit. When we launched this church, it was, it, it was my credit. My name, my credit. They gave us credit to launch and start a church corporation, right? And so each of the different members in our staff, they have a card that's got their name on it and their number on it, but it's attached to my personal credit, my personal reputation, my personal name. Now, now I called this company, American Express, and I asked them about another card that they had, because this platinum one's pretty, and I like it and all, but there's this, there's this black one out there. Have you heard about this black one? And you know what they told me when I asked about it? They said, sir, you're not ready for that card. When you are, we'll let you know. That's kind of like heaven. Your credit isn't good enough. You can't buy your way in, guys. Your name's not good enough. He gave you his. You have access based on his name, his authority, his character. You ever had bad credit? I have. I had really great credit. Oh, I was so cocky about my credit. I looked down at people who had bad credit. Because I was so disciplined and I was so cocky and man, I had this 800 score and man, I, I was so proud of that 800 score. That 800 score helped me buy like four or five different properties, all with the same fake money. And then 2008 happened and that wonderful score went away because I had awesome houses. Actually, no, they were cruddy houses and cruddy neighborhoods. But with fake money on my credit, 
when the market turned and I couldn't afford them, my credit went bad. And I got to let the bank have the houses back. And then I got to wait for seven years to get my credit back again. Guys, this is such good news. You don't ever have to earn your way back to God. You may have been here with God. And you, you went through hell in your life. And you dropped all the way to here. And you're looking at, some of you may be looking at the credit score of your life. And you feel so unworthy. And God says, you know what? That's okay. Because I already took care of that. And I never asked you to come to me in your name. I never asked you to come to me in your credit. I gave you mine. Through faith in the name of Jesus, you have access. Jesus gave you his name. It's the name above all names. There's a story in the New Testament Jesus told. It's called the parable of the prodigal son. Most of you probably know this story. It's a story about a dad who had a son that was impetuous, sure of himself. Dad, I'm ready for my inheritance. Let me have my money. I'm going to go out and take on the world. And the father graciously gave him the money. And, and, and as young people often do, he went out and wasted it all, spent it all. And, it, and he found himself, after being bankrupt, taking care and living in a pigsty. And when the people would come to feed the pigs, he was jealous of the slop that the pigs got to eat. Come on, guys, I've been in that place in my life. I've been in that place spiritually. And he got this idea. He said, you know what? Maybe, maybe if I just go back to my dad and apologize and repent and say to him, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just let me be a slave in your house. Just, just let me come back and I'll be a slave. I'm never worthy to be your son again. I've embarrassed you. I've squandered. I've embarrassed your name. Just let me be a slave. And he rehearsed this dialogue all the way home. Says that his father was waiting for him outside. And when he saw him off in the distance, he could tell it was his son, maybe by just the way he walked. It wasn't by the clothes he was wearing anymore. But he could tell, that's my son, I've been waiting. The scripture that Jesus was written down of what Jesus said, that the father ran to him and, and, and embraced him, threw his arms around him. And the son went in to this dialogue that he'd practiced, he'd rehearsed about his unworthiness, which was true. His unrighteousness, which was true. His filthiness, it was true. His horrible behavior, it was true. His credit was bad. It's all true. He rehearsed the whole thing. And his dad said, shh, stop, stop, stop. Hey, 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 hey. Bring, bring my robe. Bring my ring. Bring him some new shoes. And go kill the fatted calf. I fattened a calf just for this moment. Gary, how long does it take to fatten a calf up for slaughter? I don't know. Is it 90 days? 90 days. Ninety days. Look at the forethought of the father in Jesus' story. Look at the faith 
of the Father in Jesus' story. I know I got this feeling that my kid's coming home. And I'm going to make 90 days of preparation. Not knowing the exact moment. Difference in the story is the Father knows your exact moment. And he's prepared for it. See, the robe in the story, it represents, it represents a portion of identity. It represents a covering, the covering of God. In the scriptures, it says that you have been given a robe of righteousness. The ring in the story is significant. It was a signet ring, a signature ring. It was the ring that they would press into the seal when they purchased something. The father instantly gave the son with no, with no earning it back. He instantly gave the son a robe that would represent his position in the family and a ring that he would use to purchase anything he needed. And that's the story Jesus told to describe your opportunity to come to faith in him because your father loves you that much, because your father is that good. You'll never be good enough. You'll never earn your own way. Five words that change the world forever. In the name of Jesus. Next week, I'm going to tell you a story of that phrase, those five letters being used, five words being used. Actually, in the Hebrew, they are five letters that are words. Five words change history, change the world forever. In the name, in the character and the authority of Jesus. The name Jesus literally means the Lord saves. It's a modern or a Greek translation of the word or name Joshua, the salvation of the Lord in the character and authority of the salvation of the Lord. That's what you're called to operate in. A revelation of his character and authority in regards to his desire to save. Now, next week, I'm going to go into kind of a part two of this, and I'm going to talk to you along the lines of what I would kind of call the fullness of salvation, the full revelation of what salvation is and what it means and everything Jesus actually purchased for you on the cross. You don't want to miss that. You're going to want to spread the word about that. But today, I just want to simply ask you this question. Whose name have you been walking in? Whose name have you been doing life in? Whose character? Whose reputation? I'm someone that cares very much about my personal reputation. I always have. I care about my name in the business world. I care about my name uh, in, 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 of how people disgust me. I don't like to be talked badly about. I don't like to be uh, misrepresented. It's just, it's always been important to me. My name. But it's also been one of the biggest pitfalls in my life. 
is, is I revert back to a place of childlike maturity. We're called to have childlike faith, not childlike maturity. And childlike maturity says, I can do it myself. No, 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 I don't need any help. Do you remember the first time your baby tried to eat spaghetti? Can do it myself. The spaghetti ends up on the head, right? It's a spaghetti wig now. It's everywhere. No, I can do it, my, I can do it myself. Childlike faith is not childlike maturity. And oftentimes we can find ourselves coming back to a place Where, where, where we accidentally begin to think that it's our name and it's our reputation and it's our goodness and our, it's our righteousness and we go to pray for someone and we don't have confidence because we know where we've been and what we've been up to. We, we, go, to, we go to ask God for something and we don't have confidence because we're going to him based on our goodness. Can I tell you that it was at moments where I was at my weakest and I was at my worst that God revealed to me how much he loved me and was generous to me and gracious to me. When I'm, did you know the Bible actually says when you are weak, then he is strong? His strength is perfected in your weakness. There's a quality that Jesus taught about called poverty of spirit, spiritual poverty. What does that mean? It means that you are fully aware of how bankrupt you are personally for accomplishing anything in heaven. And you rely 100% on his goodness and his mercy. See, the only people that couldn't come to Jesus, that couldn't accept Jesus, were the spiritually rich, the self-righteous, the religious experts. They already knew everything. They were already full of themselves. And Jesus literally said, there's no room in you for my word. You're already too full of yourself. Sometimes it takes us hitting rock bottom and coming to a place of absolute emptiness that we're actually in a position where God can be strong in us. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to pray and ask God to give you a deeper revelation of his name, the name Jesus, a deeper understanding of the salvation of God and what he wants for you and your family and your friends and the world around you so that you can be a conduit of heaven into the earth. That when you go to pray, you have the understanding and the revelation that it's not about my goodness at all. I pray you be set free today. It's not about your goodness at all. It's not about how well you obey the rules. It's about his goodness and how well he already fulfilled the rules. And faith in his name alone is how you operate and how you have access to everything he purchased for you. But it has to be real. Because if it's not real, if you haven't fully devoted yourself to him, then using his name is the example of taking the Lord's name falsely, in vain. There's a story in Acts chapter 19, I believe, of these seven sons of Sceva who heard about the things the disciples were doing and how they were casting out demons and they were healing people and, and they decided they would give it a try. 
And they found a demon-possessed guy, and they went to his house, and seven brothers tried to cast out the demons of this man. And in the story, they literally said, in the name of Jesus, they had the right phrase, whom Paul preaches about, come out. And the demon looked at him, says, I know Jesus. I know Paul. But who are you? Let me tell you something. The devil knows when you're faking it. The devil knows when you're playing games. You may be able to fool a few people. You may be able to fool yourself. But you can't fool the devil. You heard dogs and bees can smell fear. Things from Jerry Maguire. Maguire. Dogs and bees can smell fear. Remember that? (laughs) The devil is the father of all lies. You can't... You heard it said, you can't kid a kidder. Can't BS a BSer. You can't fool the devil. He's the father of lies. And he will sniff out if your faith is real or not. Now, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to inspire you. To move to a place of real devotion to God. No games. Real devotion. Father, what do you want of me in my life? I give you my whole life. Real devotion. Real identification. I am in Christ Jesus. He is my identity. I want to be like him. I want to live like him. I want to think like him. I want to learn. What did Jesus teach? I want to learn it. True devotion. Don't earn your way in. You come in through faith. It's got to be real faith. Jesus actually told the story, or, or, or it's recorded of him going to his hometown in Nazareth. And it literally says that he was impressed by their unbelief. He was astonished. He was in wonder of their unbelief. Their Negative faith, their lack of faith was so powerful that it impressed Jesus. And he said, I have, and he literally said that he could do no great works there, no miracles he could do there. And then there's another story of a Roman soldier, a centurion, who came to Jesus. Jesus, my servant's sick. Jesus says, I'll come to your house. He says, No, 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 no. Don't come to my house. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He says this, I get how this works, Jesus. I'm a man under authority. I I, I have a hundred men that when I say go, they go. When I say jump, they jump. I get how it works, Jesus. Just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. Jesus is in awe again now. He looks around at all the Jews. This guy's a Roman. He looks around at all the Jews. He says, I have never seen such faith like this in all of Israel. A Roman. What did the Roman understand? The Roman understood the flow of authority. He had a revelation of the flow of authority. 
That's the revelation you need. An understanding of the authority of God given to you by Jesus himself. I'm letting you go directly to the Father in my name. Don't pray to me. Don't pray to my disciples. Don't pray to the saints. Don't sink any of them. I'm giving you access straight to the Father in my character and in my authority. Go to him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that you would speak to your children today. That you would reveal yourself to them in a powerful way. Right now. Father, I know I touched a nerve. I felt it in the spirit earlier. That there are people that are listening. That they see themselves in that low place far away from you. And they could never see their way back. They know they're not righteous. They know they're off the path. And their goodness can never get them back. And Father, in that moment, I knew that I'd heard from you. That today was the day that you said, look, I've been preparing for 90 days. I've already fattened the calf. I'm ready to throw a party. Just come on in, son. Just come on in, daughter. I'm going to put my robe on you. I'm going to put my identity on you. I'm going to give you my name, my credit, my righteousness, my power, my authority. Just put your faith in me today. Wherever you are right now, just put your faith in him today. Pray this prayer with me across this room. Say, Father, thank you for making a way for me. I can never be good enough, but you're good enough. I can never be righteous, but you're righteous. I can never be pure, but you're pure. Today, I accept your name, your character, your authority. Come into my life. Jesus, I accept your name as my identity. I accept your character. I accept your authority. Make me new today. I will live for you in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I ask you, would you just lift your hands up and turn your palms up? Father, I ask you to release in this room, to release over these sound waves right now, an impartation, an understanding of divine authority and supernatural confidence that would come upon your people right now. Supernatural confidence that has nothing to do with their goodness, has nothing to do with their name, has nothing to do with their reputation. It has everything to do with your name and your reputation and your authority and your goodness. And that goodness and the revelation and the confidence thereof would provoke a new lifestyle that would match up with the understanding of who they are are in you. God, give them a revelation of who they are in you. Your righteousness, your name, your character, your authority. And Father, give them boldness to go to you directly and ask you in the name 
of Jesus in the fullness of the understanding of who they are in Jesus, they ask you for the things they need in life to accomplish the mission for you. And Father, I ask you right now that this is a secondary portion of this for you to receive, a revelation of the joy of the Lord. Jesus said that your joy may be full. I'm giving you my access that your joy may be full. Father, release your joy upon your people. Just a giddy happiness that's not an emotion, it's a state of being. Your spiritual joy. Your word says the joy of the Lord is my strength. God, we thank you. We receive joy directly from you as a portion of our identity. We will be joyful. We will be full of life. Father, let the light come back to their eyes again. The light come back to their eyes again. Let the lightness come back to their step. Let the song come back back to their lips. Restore joy today. Just say, I receive it. Take a deep breath in. Say, I receive it. Just let the joy of the Lord fill you right now. Let his peace fill you right now. Let his authority fill you right now. You're his His character fill you right now. There's certain things you're not going to do anymore because it's his character in you now. And and the things you used to do don't match his character. Certain ways you're not going to talk anymore because it doesn't match the new character that he's giving you. His character is now going to guide your life. You didn't earn it. He gave it to you. You just put your faith in it. Now he's going to give you a new way to operate in life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, someone just give the Lord a hand. He's so good. He's so good. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.